Hello everyone, you're welcome once again to another episode of Ugo's Take. Um, this is the 36th episode of the show and thanks to all those who've been faithful um, and have been watching and listening on, on Spotify, listening on Anchor, listening via Apple Podcasts and other platforms where um, I have my podcasts uh, posted. Um, so thank you very much for um, listening. So today's episode is tagged it's a football thing and so today we're talking all things football especially football uh, in the premier league now um first off we'll be looking at <laughs> games that have taken place then this past weekend some standout ones and certainly i was looking at liverpool versus crystal palace that was an absolute trashing you know um Firmino, Roberto Firmino and Mohamed Salah, who, who came on in the second half, scored two goals each, both scored uh, braces, and ended up um, defeating Crystal Palace by seven goals to nil. Now, um, that sees Liverpool sitting at the top of the Premier League, at the top of the pile. And another interesting result this past weekend was the Leicester City um, versus um, Tottenham Hotspurs game that saw um, Leicester defeat Tottenham Hotspurs two goals to nil. Now this sees Spurs at the bottom of the um, <laughs> sorry not at the bottom. I wish seriously they're at the bottom, but I'm biased. Um, but it sees them fifth. The sees them outside the top four. That sees it fifth um, on the table and. So that just shows you the way this season has been, you know. So you just have basically five points separating, uh, so the eight points I think separating the f- top team, the, the that Liverpool and teams up in eight. Um, so it's a little bit tight as you can see, but Liverpool have shown themselves to be in real good form this season after the the hammering and whitewashing by. Um, Aston Villa already lost 7-2. So, what do these results mean? What does it mean? So, what does it reveal to us? Liverpool has shown us that the the big boys are still the team team to beat. You know, Man City also won this past weekend, winning 1-0. Liverpool, um, um, Everton beat Arsenal 2 goals to 1. So, that sees them you know, that sees uh, the, the woes for the Gunners even deepen even more, deepen even further. So what does this mean for Mikel Arteta and his future? Would, does it mean he will be sacked? I know he's come up with some funny stats. I didn't, I didn't bother to really pay so much attention to because they were pretty strange stats saying um, the one last season when they had 25% um, chance to win against, was it against Burnley? and all sorts so but the question is with the trajectory you know with the with with the signs that, that we're seeing with Arsenal this season you know they started like a house on fire beating Fulham three goes to nil and everyone felt like especially with how last season ended last season Arsenal um, beat Chelsea in the FA Cup final to win two goals by two goals to one you know and with the manner of the victory, they went down one nil. 
and then came back, fight, showed fighting, good fighting spirit to equalize and then go on to win the game. And the way they started the season as well. So someone well the mindset that okay, Arsenal, Miguel Teta come with a new brand of football, showing more zest, showing more fight, you know, dropping the likes of um Ozil, um not even in, in the Premier not even in the Premier League squad for the Gunners. And you're asking yourself, ah, maybe this may just be Arsenal's year, maybe not the year they win the league. But this could be the year when they um when, when they at least finish in the top four because it's been a while it's crazy it's been a while um Arsenal finishing the top four so it's going to be <laughs> so we, we, we're going to feel that okay this will be the year Arsenal finishes in the top four and look to build build on such build, build on the top four finish and look to finish off this season strongly but Mm. It's been anything but but that. It has been anything but that. So we see Arsenal struggling at the lower end of the of the table. So many people have been saying, "Oh, like probably Arsenal may get relegated this season." But for me, I, I just still feel that um, Arsenal Football Club has too many good players, has too many good players to um, go down. But the fact that we're even having such a discussion is the disappointment is disappointing in itself because Arsenal should be competing for top four at the very least and be a Champions League um, contender that's been the Champions League regularly but that's not been the case this season so what's your take on this I would like to get your take on this um you can send me an email at, at uh, ugostake at coolside.net and that's U-G-O-S hyphen T-A-K-E at C-O-O-L-S-I-T-E dot N-E-T at coolside.net I would love to hear your take on this do you think Mikel Arteta should still be in the job or he should be uh, sacked you know because you're saying we're going towards the, the festive season where you have um a lot of fixtures coming quickly, coming rapidly, you know, whether this would be a good time to bring in a new manager that would handle the team and probably have enough time to guide the team to um, to maybe a respectable mid-table position, given the way the season has panned out for them. So what do you think? Should Mikel Arteta still be the manager of... Um, Arsenal Football Club come the beginning of next year. I'd love to see what you think. But for me, I feel he should be given some time to prepare, to try to get the team back on track. To try to get it back on track because, you know, it takes a lot of time to do that. So, um, because, you know, Arsenal Wenger was like an institution at Arsenal and it would take some time not to undo what he has done but it will take some time for Mikel Teta to actually make the team his own make um, the club his own to have full control over the team as modern day managers uh, do so then we live in Arsenal we're going on to talk about um, Man United Man United defeated 
um, Leeds United 6 goes to 2. Now, so many people have been saying this means um, Manchester United will become an alter- title contenders and um, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is the next best thing after the slice bread. But for me, I feel we should look at the opposition very closely. Because Leeds United under Marcelo Biesla always gives people or teams the opportunity to score against them. Despite the fact that um, Leeds United play an exciting brand of football, attacking brand of football, they keep the ball moving, high octane football, they pass the ball, good move, excellent movement, and they score goals. And they actually scored goals against um, Manchester United. Um, the, the lost six, six goes to two. They always give teams the opportunity to score against them. And when the team they play, as in the case of Manchester United, has better players, have better players than they do, you could expect that they would uh, lose the game. So why I'm not taking, why I'm not taking anything away from uh, Manchester United? I would say we just calm down and see what they do in the next few games. You know, the games coming up, let's see what they do because Manchester United, we under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been, we win one game today, the next day we lose two more, we lose another game, we lose another one, and then we draw, and then we win. So it's been really inconsistent from Ole. You know, so Manchester United fans who have been saying, oh, Ole is at the wheel, Ole is at the wheel. Um, let's see what's going to happen at the end of the, you know, in the next uh, coming games. So that sees them in third spot. <laughs> sees them move up to third spot. But that's just how uh, strange this season has been so far. And like I said earlier on, Leicester City won. That sees them move up to second spot. Second spot on the table. Liverpool with their 7 0 win that I mentioned earlier on. Um, system move on to um, the, the top of the table. Some other results, interesting results to look at, would be the uh, will be the Chelsea Wolves game. Now, um, <laughs> Chelsea lost to Wolves. That's no news, and they will be looking to play uh, today. In fact, um, the fixtures, the um, lineup for. Um, Chelsea for the teams that's Chelsea versus uh, West Ham United. The lineup for both teams should be coming up in about a, uh, a quarter of an hour from now. So um, let's see what that. Uh, let's see what. Um, let's see what would what it would be. Would um, Frank Lampard go with the same tactic? Four three three. Or lopsided 4-3-3 where you see um Timo Werner who to for my money isn't a winger. He's not, he's just not a winger. You know, people have come to say he played as a winger for um RB Leipzig, so you expect him to play in the same position for um um Chelsea. But one question you should we should ask ourselves is what was his production rate as a winger when he played for um, RB Leipzig? What was his production rate? And then 
in modern day football, you don't have to be the central striker to be the main source of goals. You know, because now, ever since Thierry Henry, you have strikers who like to come in from the cutting from the left flank or from the right flank, depending on either right-footed or left-footed, so they can cut on to their stronger foot and then take a shot or walk walk the um, their opposing fullback and get the ball into the bottom corner. That doesn't make them wingers per se. So, are we going to see Timo Werner as a winger? Playing again as a winger? Are we going to see Oliver Giroud still start, starting? Let's see. And then are we going to see Rhys James start because um, there are talks of, of, of him being out for the game because he will be requiring surgery. Um, if he indeed requires surgery, I wish him the best and speedy recovery. Um, Rhys James. So, let's get back to Chelsea. They lost to Everton. Some say that was a blip. And then they lost again to Wolves, a game they were leading, they were leading. and then, you know, the scapegoats would be always um, Timo Werner and Kai Havertz. Havertz, because he was, um, he's the most expensive player in the team, and um, the, the club broke its own transfer record, you know, when, um, you know, Kepa was signed from um, Atletico Bilbao for 70 million pounds, I think, and um, Timo Werner was signed for 72 million pounds. So we have in the situation where people uh, always look at him as the person to blame, you know, when things don't go right. But two things I have to say about this. Firstly, he is not the one who demanded for 70 million pounds or 70 million um, plus to be paid as his transfer fee. And then secondly, you know, he's been played out of position. Now, um, Kai Havertz is someone who play, is capable of playing multiple positions, several positions. But all those positions that he plays are all central. He can play as an 8, central. He can play as a 10, central. He can play as a 6. Central. He can play as a false nine. Central. So having him playing as a winger is not going to work. There's no how you want to spin it. There's nothing you, you how you would say. You could say all you want. You may love the coach, and you don't want to blame the coach. So you blame everyone else. It's not going to matter because he has his best position, and you should let him play in his best position. And then, if he doesn't perform in his best position, then you can, you know, blame him, have him dropped, or something like that. Now, this is my suggestion. This solution I have for Frank Lampard. I'm not a coach, but if you want to play a 4-3-3, having Pulisic on one side and having Timo Werner on the other side and having Oliver Giroud. You play a narrow 4-3-3 that sees the left the, the left forward closing on the left side with Olivier Giroud, the right forward, close in and play narrow. And then you let the fullbacks that would, in any case, it's not like it's something new or strange, you know, to the Frank Lampard style or Etus or, uh, you know, 
style of play or, or, or football philosophy, they always bomb forward anyways. So you can let them bomb forward and then let Pulisic and Oliver Giroud, who is a very good link-up man and always looking to flick on balls, flick on passes to um, two players. So that would be something to consider. Or you play a 4-4-2 diamond where you have um, Timo Werner and Oliver Giroud or Tammy Abraham playing up front together as a striking partnership. And you have Kai Havertz playing in behind as a 10 or, you know, behind the two strikers. Or you could have Pulisic playing at the top of the tip of the diamond and you have Kai Havertz as 1-8 and then you have um, Mason Mount as another 8-2-8 and you have um, Oliver, <laughs> Oliver Kante, no. Oliver Kante no. um, you have Ungolo Kante playing as a 6 at the base of the um, diamond so that's what I would suggest but I'm like hey I'm not a coach I'm just someone that likes to talk and hence um, I have a podcast so that would be something that Chelsea could could look at now we we're looking at um spoilers like I said earlier on they lost Leicester what does that mean for them because does it does this mean they can win does it mean their chances of winning the league is out the window probably it is what i would like to see <laughs> i'm very biased against spurs i will just tell you that right now is what you would see i would like to see rather what would happen if spurs lost the next two games would Mourinho still be the loving father you know in quotes for um his sports players or he would go to his normal defensive deflective mo that he's shown um over the years for um, various clubs that he's managed or you know the implosion that he he usually uh, instigates uh, he did at manchester united and maybe he'll do the same at sports but i'd like to say i wish sports the best but mm, i'm being honest I really don't. So that's it for the games that have been played this weekend. And hope want to see what Chelsea would do today. I wonder if they're going to win. Can they win? Fingers crossed. Let's see how that pans out. Then some other news to talk about as well that have happened um, in the past week has been is. Sky Sport and Kick It Out have um, reached an agreement to have a partnership to uh, partner to bring to bear various campaigns and educational initiatives that would see, you know, that would help to educate people and tackle the issue of racism. And it's said to be um what three million pounds three million pounds that's let's see what that what that would do what that would mean now for me while there's a good gesture you know you educate people you talk to people you campaign you have people taking knee you have various campaigns coming up you know 
over the radio, you hear adverts on Spotify, you hear adverts everywhere, in schools, you have campaigns. But for me, I feel there should be some punitive measure. That is, i.e., if you're accused of racism once, it should, it should be a red card on the field. If a player makes some racist comments, it should be a red card on the, on the field and is banned for a game or is banned for two games, just, uh, just like if he had committed an offense on the pitch that he will be banned for. So he banned for two games, and then if he commits same offense again, he will ban for six games. So you hit the clubs where it affects them. Because when you have a player that you're paying and he's not able to play, then people will take it more seriously. Because we had we've had so much campaigns, we have Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter, we've had different campaigns, but until certain punitive measures. Not punitive like corporal punishment, but punitive measures that would um, actually touch clubs and touch players where it hurts them. Then we start talking, then we can talk. If a player is deemed to have done something racist, his weekly wage of his wage for a month can be taken to fund um, anti racism campaigns and programs. You know, so you 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 affect them in that way. You affect players in that way. That would be uh, that would be the way forward. So I'm about coming to the end of today's um, episode of Ugo's Take. Um, today's show is tagged. It's a football thing, and I look to be doing this every Monday. I'll be having it every Monday and um, it'll be on YouTube. So you go check it out on YouTube. I'll be having my podcast posted on YouTube or the audio and video uh, podcast. So you could go on there and you could watch. You could also listen to the podcast on Spotify, on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts as well. It will be um, a great support for me. So thank you all who have been supporting and watching what I do. Thank you so much. You can go on on, on my um, YouTube page, Ugo's Take, and subscribe. Be a subscriber so you don't miss any video, any update that comes up on the platform. And you can also follow me on Twitter. I'm always ready to engage with people on Twitter, engage with people on Facebook, um, engage with people on on the podcast as well. So um, I have a, there's a WhatsApp group for the podcast. If you want to be part of the WhatsApp group, just let me know, send me an email, and I will send you the link to the WhatsApp group so we can have some interaction and have some discussion. So, um, with this, we're coming to the end of today's episode. And before I go, I would like to give a shout. I would like to do, give some plugs and some shout-outs. Um, if you're in Leeds, check out Juicy Kitchen, Juicy African Kitchen, we have we're on lockdown but we're having delivery they still do delivery so they deliver to your door and obviously you um respect covid rules and regulations that have been put in place for your safe safety but you you get your food delivered to you so you could also check out term sicilies as well if you're in leeds check them out as well as you can 
if you've not um, registered for the BEXCON um, 2021 conference for businesses that will be um, taking place on the 20th, on the 6th of February uh, 2021, you can go on Eventbrite and get registered because it's free. Um, it's absolutely free and you'll be having three very um, important, knowledgeable and experienced speakers that will be coming on to give businesses advice on how they can improve their business and manage their business, growing their business in this virtual world that we're in at the moment because COVID doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And even if COVID does um, end or, or we are somehow free from COVID, we still have the challenges of dealing with clientele and businesses scattered across the world. So we need to up our virtual game as businesses. So go on Eventbrite is BEXCON, that's B-E-X hyphen C-O-N 2021. The tickets are free. You just go, you click on the link and you, you go to purchase tickets and that's it. So it's free tickets. If you are a cre creator as well of comic books, graphic novels, and um, you want to learn how you can stand out in the creative industry, I think you should go on to, um, the Eventbrite um, link isn't up yet, but you should get yourself prepared to be part of that conference because I'll be having um, Jason Barrett, um, the creator of JBN Comics, he'll be on there as well. So, and there were to be there and there are other speakers who will be coming as well. I will be having different competitions like um, fan art challenges, we're having prizes, and more importantly, you have an opportunity to interact with other people. Uh, Ms. Brooke, Brooke, back up. Uh, thank you for joining, and I can see you waving. Thank you for being part of this. Thank you so much. Um, Fortunately, I'm about to end. I don't want to go, but I have to end. And so, if you've missed this podcast, the video will be up soon on YouTube and also on Instagram. So don't miss it. And you all can also listen on Anchor or Spotify. You can also go to my Facebook page. You find a link to the podcast there as well. So once again, thank you all for listening and being part of today's show. I'll be calling it a day and an evening and getting set to watch the Chelsea vs Western game. Please keep safe, respect social distancing rules, and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.